Shalom. Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. This is a continuation of Matthew 24. Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. We start in verse 15, or we start in verses 15, and we're going to go through 25 today, since we've already went through the first 14 verses in our two previous episodes. As we recall, we end it that in verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world has a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Now, when we read this verse and we think about it in its grand scope compared to when the time of the uh, prophets or apostles writing this particular um, book, these are the words of Christ. We ask, we ask ourselves, how can the gospel reach the entire world even back then? Well, the globe in its geographical uh, span uh, was not as great as it is today. The globe uh, was not as, if you would say, populated. Asia Minor was popular, Jerusalem, Various cities and countries in those regions were the spread of the gospel. Even in up to Ethiopia or Africa, uh, the gospel was spread, but obviously America wasn't even discovered then. The United Kingdom was not even discussed in the, in the Bible here. So when we think about that the whole gospel, the whole gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, will be preached in the whole world, has a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, I'm not here to be a pitch man to the TV networks that host the gospel of Jesus Christ, like TBN, Daystar, the God Network, uh, things of that nature, Hillsong Channel, many others. They're reaching the world for Christ with the gospel of Jesus. So if we know now that many countries can receive satellite uh, television signals or even radio signals worldwide, as well as sending preachers, teachers, missionaries, evangelists around the world, we also know that the gospel in itself has been translated in many languages, not only in manuscript form or book form, but even digitally. So we can say that the gospel of Jesus Christ, unprecedentedly, is reaching the world greater, more vast than it was ever spoken about or even shared in the days of even Paul's time as one of the writers of the, of the, of the Bible. So my friends, well, we can look at that God's word is true, and we know that there are many signs, as we have already read, that will precede the coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus says in verse 14, in this gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel that 
uh, those who come to him by faith will enter the kingdom of God. We know the gospel, the good news, that Jesus Christ lives, that he rose from the dead, will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Now, we can probably evaluate the globe and say there are certain islands that haven't reached, you know, that have that have not had the opportunity to have someone preach the gospel to them. We could say that. It's probably true. Uh, uncharted islands. But when we talk about the inhabitants of the world, in many countries, kingdoms, nations, have they not heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ? What parts of the world do not have the opportunity to hear or even watch or even have a visitation from someone to hear the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord? My friends, I, I believe we're there. I think the more I keep hearing about TBN or Daystar, those television networks that are going into countries that are communist countries or uh, going into third world countries and putting up, you know, stations there, the more I hear about missionaries going into small villages in Africa and parts of third world countries and preaching the gospel, the more I hear about many stories of people who were able to find a Bible uh, in places that they never thought a Bible would be. So through radio, TV, media of all types, the internet of all types, are we, in our own synthesis, are we able to say, without any doubt, that the gospel is reaching the world? Or has not reached the world? And ask yourself that question. Has the gospel of Jesus Christ reached the whole world? And if we have to say that maybe 10% of the population of the planet has not heard the good news, well, what will it take for that 10% or 15% to hear the good news? Are they... Nations, kingdoms without electricity? I don't, I don't have the answer. But what I do know is this. The population of the world at the time of Christ compared to the population of the world today is a stark difference. There are more people on this planet now than there were when Jesus Christ was saying these things. significantly when people were preaching the gospel in 1800s or early 1900s if you will they believed the end times were there were, were coming but when someone evaluated verse 14 and the whole chapter in itself they knew the whole globe has not heard the gospel 
So if you want to go back the last 100 years or even almost 200 years, this verse says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. God is so gracious that he is wanting all those living on the planet to have the opportunity to hear the gospel, the good news. So man is without excuse that they would stand before the Lord God himself and say, I didn't know or I never heard. And God says, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> the last person that heard the message was a 10-year-old blank person living in mm -mm -mm country or island or nation. And that person heard the gospel. Maybe somebody dropped a <laughs> four spiritual laws pamphlet uh, or maybe, you know, some missionary was still in the area. Or maybe from whatever how God does miraculous signs and wonders with people hearing the good news. <laughs> that one person hears it and accepts the, the invite of, of salvation. Then the end will come. Now verse 15 says, when you see standing in the holy place... The abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now verse 15 and 16 is telling me that there is an episode or an event that occurs, like in verse 14. The end will come based on the last person to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And then those who rejected the message are going to go through some serious travails. Now, verse 14, the last person heard the message of Jesus Christ, the church is raptured. Verse 15 and 16 says, when you see standing in the holy place. Now, that must mean the temple. That's the holy place. And then when it gets into verse 16, it says, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. According to some, there are two more stages in the progressive fulfillment of the predictions that come from the book of Daniel as well as in Matthew here. Now, we already know that the temple was destroyed in AD 70 by the Romans. And, and then the rebuilding of the temple in this generation would mean that the abomination that causes desolation as written by the prophet Daniel is also described here in Matthew is when the Antichrist goes into the Holy of Holies within the temple. His image is erected within the temple. And this is an abomination. It's also discussed in Revelations chapter 13. We'll get to that later in another episode. But Daniel chapter 9, verse 25 through 27, in verse, or chapter 11, verse 31, talks about this in detail, about the abomination that causes desolation. So you look at the events and you think to yourself, okay, what has to happen? The gospel has to be preached. Many false Christs are going to appear. Many false prophets are going to appear. There's going to be wars, rumors of wars, famine, pestilence, and so on. will be persecuted because of his name. And then we find out that the whole gospel has to be preached uh, around the world. The whole world has to hear the gospel. Then the end will come. And the end will come with the start 
to the finish of the seven-year period where we know that is called tribulation, the apocalypse, the end of days. So verse 16 is telling people to flee to those mountains because the violation that happens in the temple, every true follower of the Torah, of the law, of Judeal law, if you will, even those who believed but did not give their life to Christ, who hear these stories are going to have to make a decision that a new temple is made, it's built, and someone is going into that temple that only a high priest who is purified can enter, and that is in the high of holy of holies, can only be God's presence itself. You cannot go into the holy of holies unless you are the high priest purified to go and present offerings to the Lord because the Holy of Holies is the place of God. And here the Antichrist is going in there, either by image, statue, whatever technology it is, or himself physically sitting in there and demanding the world to worship him. Because the temple will become the symbol again, once again, of religious institution of the presence of God. So they will be forced to flee. Some believe a similar fleeing will occur, not only uh, because of what happened in the past when the temple was destroyed uh, the first time as well as the second time, but we're talking about fleeing for their lives. Because the Antichrist will say, if you don't worship me, I will kill you. And no Jewish person can worship a false god. So this is going to happen. Verse 17 says, let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Verse 18, let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. When it's time to cut and run, you don't have time to pick up and grab your favorite sweater or scarf, maybe some photo lab, a library. You don't have time to grab anything. When someone puts a, a decree on your life, an edict on your life to kill you because you refuse to worship what's now sitting in the temple, you either abdicate who you really are in life or you actually acquiesce to the demands of a evil devil if you will antichrist demanding total loyalty homage worship of another being another person and that is idolatry and you cannot do that so it means cut and run get out of dodge city if you will let no one, verse 18, in the field go back and get the cloak. Verse 19, how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Now what that really is getting at is, you know, there's certain things you can't do on the Sabbath. If you're going to follow the law, 
You can't do anything on the Sabbath, especially if you're Jewish. In nation, the Jewish nation is going to have to really make a decision. This is happening in Jerusalem. This is happening in the area where God said he will return. So nursing mothers, those who are pregnant, ready to give birth, This is a tough period. Verse 20 says, pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or on the Sabbath. Many scholars talk about how Jewish people still following the Torah do not like to travel at all, especially during certain seasons of the year as well as on the Sabbath. It's forbidden. You can't travel more than, let's say, a half a mile on the Sabbath at all. So religious fervor has been accelerated beyond measurement because the Antichrist sitting in the temple, he's not going to accept any other type of um, concession. He's going to say, worship me or die. And a Jewish person, especially, will not worship a false god, golden calf. They know the history. So they're going to have to make a choice to flee. Don't grab things out of your house. Just go. Go into the mountains. Go to the mountain of God and hide. Because the day of the wrath of God is coming. Verse 21 says, For then there will be a great distress unequal from the beginning of the world until now and never be equaled again. Verse 22 says, If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Now, what are the elect? The, the elect is considered the people of God, the Jewish nation. Days are cut short. You, you know how it feels sometimes when you're going through a boring situation. It just, the time just seems to drag. Or maybe if you're going through something that's really fun, time just goes by fast. But time always ticks the way it does. What the Bible is saying is that God's going to make time go back, go back. Or I should say, God is going to make time go faster. Because only he can stop time. And we know there's an episode or two that God did stop time for the purpose of war. But we're finding in this particular section of the scriptures here that God is cutting time short, if you will, so that people can get saved. Because the longer this whole thing goes on, the worse it's going to be, and their souls are going to perish forever. Some people believe that Christ is referring to cutting short of a previously determined period of time that was written um, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, or the 42 months of Revelation um, chapter 11, 2, or 13, verse 5. Whatever how we're looking at it, it's just going to be miraculous. Time is going to go fast. Some people say time is going to go too short. 
Meaning it's just going to be like, when, when is this stuff going to stop? When is this stuff going to end? And so as we read verse 22, it says, If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the, sect, for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. So verse 22 says, If those days have not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Figuratively, literally, spiritually, miraculously, the days are shortened. And I, I can tell you just living today, it seems like, wow, we're already into the month of August already. It doesn't feel that way. Or you could say, here it is Friday, and you're thinking it's really only Monday or Tuesday. Now, why does it seem like things go by fast to some, but slow to others? I don't know. And maybe from that feeling perspective, maybe that's what the Lord is saying. He's saying, unless these days <laughs> had not been cut short, no one would survive. We have an endurance. We have a stamina. And the Lord knows how much we can bear. So if things were dragging on and on and on, just look at the COVID-19 pandemic situation. It started in late February, March. And here we are still going through it. And look how people are rebelling against the orders of their state or their local government because of things that people are now seeing as unreasonable. It's becoming more punitive to try to be healthy than to become more or less um, cautious in how we're going to interact with one another. But if this regulation of you can't get out, you can't do this, you must social distance, you must do all these things, and it continues on and on and on with no end in sight, the outcomes, the retaliation, the retribution is going to be very severe. So these are examples when it says, well, unless the days were cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, that's the Jewish people, those days will be shortened. Verse 23 says, at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. Verse 24, for false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, the Jewish people, if that were possible. See, I have told you ahead of time. So what Jesus is telling us, and I believe the church has already been raptured at this time. Some may agree, and we can get to another study on this later. But we have to remember, Jesus is telling us from the start, from verse 4, all the way to now verse 25, Jesus has reminded us, on several occasions, that there will be false prophets and many people will come in his name. There will be false teachers to deceive many people. Jesus is saying this. Then he goes on and he says that false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform even miracles and signs that Jesus did to deceive people. Even the elect, the Jewish people, if it was possible. Now, I believe the Jewish nation is smart. I believe Jews and Israelis are, are smart, people of Jewish heritage. 
those who are going to be surviving during this period of time because they have the oral traditions, they have the Torah, they have the teachings of of their rabbis and many um, reminders of what famous prophets, teachers have done that are recorded in the book. Uh, to deceive them, some may, but Jesus says if it was possible, only if it was possible, some may be deceived, but not, not many. And then he says, see, I have told you these things ahead of time. So really, no one is without excuse. You either believe Jesus Christ as Lord, that he died on the cross from, you know, for your sins, and that he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of God, and is coming back. He has said this many times in the Gospels. Matthew 24 is covering it in detail. And we really have to ask ourselves, why don't we believe the words of the Bible? Some people would say, well, Paul said this, Peter said this, James said this. Yes, they are men of God inspired by the Holy Ghost to pen the things that God wanted written in the book. But these are the words of Christ. So regardless if it's an apostle, disciple, or prophet, it's still inspired word of God. Jesus says with his words, these things will happen. And then he says, I have told you these things ahead of time. My friends, I hope as we get ready to finish on this study in our next episode, that you will really pay attention to the events that are going on in the world, match them up with the words of God in red in Matthew 24. And then calm yourself to know this, that God is a good, good God, and that he is gracious, he is patient, he is merciful, and that he does not want anyone to suffer wrath but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. So he's giving us these warnings now so that you can make that decision to be a follower of Christ. You don't want to be left behind. You don't want to have to flee into the mountains. You don't want to have to be pregnant or nursing when you know that the great wrath that is upon the world is happening because the Antichrist has now taking control of the social, economic, and political powers of the world. And if he can come into the scene and tell people with a new temple built, worship me or die, he will go after everyone that refuses to worship him. And that's why Jesus is telling us many false Christs, many false teachers, many people will come in his name. They will say, you know, here I am. I'm over here and there and everywhere. No, Jesus ascended on the Mount of Olives. The apostles saw that in Acts chapter 1. And he said that he's going to come back in like manner. So he's going to come from the sky, from the heavens above not walking through a wilderness, not coming on a subway, driving in a car, not coming across the rivers or seas or boats and oceans and everything else that people think about. He's going to come from heaven and every eye will see that. And every tongue 
will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. My friends, you have a chance to do that. You simply can take this message and say to yourself, with a prayer like this, Lord God, I believe that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, who lived a life of perfection in obedience to show us that the life that you desire from all of us is to believe that Jesus Christ exists, to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of this world, and that we must confess that we are sinful and that through his shed blood on the cross of Calvary, we have forgiveness of sins. And that we now have a relationship with you when we accept that gift. And we say we accept it now, Father God in heaven. Lord Jesus, fill us. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can be in your family. Born again. Written in the Lamb's book of life. So when that trumpet calls, the dead in Christ will rise first and we who are left will be caught up to be in the air with you, Lord Jesus. I believe that. I accept that. And I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to another session with Sharing the Word. Join me again as we examine and open up the Bible on topics that affect the believer.